What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it, of course. Right now, open a new CQ checking account and we'll give you $250 to spend however you like. Upgrade those headphones, splurge on concert tickets, or maybe upgrade to ad-free streaming. The choice is yours. And extra cash isn't all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. All with CQ. Visit CQMD.org today. That's S-E-C-U-M-D.org today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. Welcome back from the weekend, kind of. No games yesterday. Had a couple of people asking us if there were going to be shows, but I think you know why there weren't. It was nice to have a day off, though. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, on the social medias, joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS. Nice to have a day off, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really nice to have a day off. It was semi nice weather wise here. So I actually got outside for a little bit. It was it was nice. But now it's also going to throw me off the rest of the week because I have absolutely no idea what day it is every time I think about it. Well, it's nice, though, because it feels like Monday, but it yeah. actually isn't. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's, it's a four and a half day work week instead of five. I had a good day, man. I mean, it's never do I just have the whole day off by myself. If I'm off, which is Saturdays, you know, the like my wife sometimes works Saturdays, so I'd be home with Jordan and she's 13 months. That's not exactly like an easy day, you right. know, or, or they're both home. We're all home and, and you're not really relaxing. So yesterday got up, poured some coffee. Jordan went off to daycare. I uh, watched 310 to Yuma. You wouldn't like that because it's a Western, but it's sick. Christian Bale, Russell Crowe. I do uh, like Christian Bale. Yeah. And Russell Crowe. I mean, he's fantastic, too. Got a good workout in. Took the dog for a two and a half mile walk and then actually got stuff done that I haven't been able to get done for a while. So I, yeah. I even cooked dinner, Adam. How about that? This guy cooking dinner for the family yesterday, too. It's a big win. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a good day. Uh, I had like half the day. I, I worked out. I went for a walk. Not quite as far. Uh, still didn't clean, which was on my list of things to do, but uh, downloaded the new um, the new MLB, the show PlayStation game. So started playing that instead of cleaning. Nice. Yeah, I mean that actually sounds smart. Who yeah. you, you can you can clean anytime. Plus, it's like, like twenty five dollars extra just to get it one day earlier. When's the last time you cleaned anyway? Right? Like, yeah. I mean, but I'm like I need to pick up. Like it's gotten bad. Nor normally my apartment's like messy, but not like overboard. Right now it looks like shit. Just bring someone in. Yeah, but like it would be embarrassing right now. Like I, I would need. <laughs> I, I'll bring I'll bring somebody in to clean. I'm not bringing somebody in to pick up after me. Oh yeah, right, right. That that's a little bit different. Yeah, we were hiring people for a while, like when Justine was on maternity leave and stuff. Because God knows I wasn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'll for sure hire somebody before I move out because I'm not deep cleaning this place by myself. No, you gotta get that security deposit back too. Yeah, well, my dumbass gave them a cashier's check for that, so it's kind of just like the money had stopped existing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's dive at 12. This April basketball is out of control. I mean, at this point, you know, we still have a lot to talk about. Happy to have you guys with us, too. If you're joining us throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. Well, you're here for it. So are we. 
So in the meantime, hit that thumbs up because what else are you going to do? Only takes a second and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. And of course, if you want to join, hit that join down below. Free super chats each month, the custom emojis, sweet badges that you see in chat. Any ice? No, nobody iced out yet today. They'll be here. Oh, there's Jordan. There he is. Uh, and we'll always prioritize your questions along with our, our and comments along with our premium Discord members. But I mean, these 12 game slates at this point, Adam, you're you're laying the groundwork. You're trying to, to set a bit of a foundation here, but there's no doubt that it's 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 difficult with with huge slates and a ton of unknowns going into something like this. Yeah, just so much unknown stuff. A lot of questionable guys. And we have gotten some news as far as guys ruled out. Um, I appreciate pop playing the bullshit game with DeJounte Murray yesterday instead of today, where he says Murray's going to play on Tuesday. And then like 30 minutes later, they're like, Murray's not playing. Um, it was nice to get that out of the way, I guess. But yeah, like you, somebody had said in chat the other day, like, why do we bother doing a 10 a.m. show for, for NBA? And obviously this time of year, it does become a little bit less useful because there's just more moving parts. But, you know, obviously still can get some general idea of, of what we're looking at with these teams. For sure. And I mean, standings, we don't give a shit about standings early in the year. Uh, at this point, you have to be paying attention to some of that stuff, like which teams actually have mobility uh, in the conference in seating, which which teams actually the seating matter uh, and which teams are just locked in. So uh, there are a lot of teams right now, at, at least a decent number of teams that are locked in. We'll see how it goes. We just saw the Grizzlies, you know, rest a ton of players a few days ago. The East is still kind of up for grabs, but at, at this point, I honestly do wonder. Like, if you're the if you're the Bucks or the Sixers, are you just fine sitting at the three or four seed, uh, or or because the Nets are what the Nets are they've lost two straight, by the way, but they're still locked into the play-in game. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have talked about that. My my assumption this whole time has been that teams at the top of the East aren't going to actively avoid being the one or the two, but that they're probably just going to prioritize having everyone healthy, having everyone rested. Right. So if they're in a situation where it's like, oh, well, we need to win this game, but also we really wanted to rest, you know, Jason Tatum today, I think they're just going to err on the side of resting. Exactly. Yeah. And look, let's be completely honest. It is, there is less incentive this year You're, to, to finishing as the two seed, right? I mean, like if we're being completely honest about this, you don't, or or, or the the one depending on where the Nets finish, you you don't. It's not like you're getting a guaranteed matchup against you know the Knicks or the Wizards or or the Hawks or whoever it was. I mean, I know the Hawks went far last year, but you, you know what I mean. The Nets are legitimately, when healthy, one of the teams that are sitting up in the top three, top four seeds this year. So it, it is definitely a different dynamic. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Last year, what was the one last year? Was it the was it the Lakers that got in as a low seed and yeah, then I had to so. face Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, and then AD was yeah. Remember AD was hurt. He was playing hurt, and it was just like a shell of himself. But I think I think the Lakers won that first game. I thought they won it handily. I can't remember. Anyway, besides I think the point, they did. Let's, I don't remember. I think they did. Let's because there were a lot of people, you know, Lakers fans out there like, oh, if AD was healthy, they win that. Including Anthony Davis this year. Oh, he did say that. Yeah, that was unwise. Yeah. Devin Booker just laughed at him. <laughs> it's possible that they meet each other in the, in the first round, right? Uh, that would require the Lakers making the playoffs. I actually said it's possible. Yeah, but it's getting really unlikely. They're two games back. They have four games to go. So do the Spurs. 
man, they might miss it. Yeah. Ooh, they've lost six straight. God, what a disaster. Let's get into this. Philly, Indiana, uh, another indie team that has some questionables today, many of them likely to sit because they have no incentive to win. Philly is just completely healthy across the board. They're 11 and a half point favorites here. It is a very good matchup, and Joel Embiid has just been purely dominant. Uh, the only difference now is with 12 games, uh, how do you prioritize them? Like, do you put them over Jokic, who has a spectacular matchup against San Antonio, both of these guys north of 12K? I, I still think Embiid for tournaments, if he's gonna, really going to come in at, like, low double digits just with how dominant he's been in another great matchup for himself is viable, but – I don't see there any way that, that he ends up being like legit chalk today unless Harden rests. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good options today. It should keep overall ownership down, but ridiculously good spot for Embiid here going up against this Pacers team that is essentially a G League squad, and Embiid should just do whatever he wants against this front court. So I uh, love getting to him wherever I can. You know, obviously, like you were saying, you have Jokic in a good spot against San Antonio. You have plenty of other options to pay up for as well. Um, there should be plenty of value on this slate, so I don't think it's going to be difficult getting to the payup options. It's just a matter of there's a ton of them. I mean, you have Brooklyn playing Houston as well. So really good spot there. Um, just a lot of guys that you can pay for on this slate, but Embiid certainly towards the top of the list for me. Yeah. And Embiid has a 33 and a half points prop today, juice to the over. So, I mean, that's just crazy. The, the, the difference though, with, with the team like this is outside of Joel Embiid, how do you get to anyone outside of maybe a little bit of harder? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of Harden. You're still expecting him to play around 38 minutes. Obviously, he takes a backseat to Embiid, but he's still capable of going out there and giving you those massive games. Um, but like Maxi and Harris, I think if this slate were smaller, you can make a case just because it is a really good matchup. They're not that expensive, you know, given basically they're priced to the point where if they produce at their average rates, you're not going to be really happy that you played them, but they're cheap enough where given that Maxi's likely to play 37 or 38 minutes, if this game's competitive, Harris is likely to play 36. It's not that crazy to think that one of them could just destroy their price tag um, in you know any individual game, especially against Indiana. But on a slate of this size, I think you're just going to find so many options that look better. On Indy, we're just assuming that Brogdon is out, right? Yeah. At this point. Questionable every day, but we assume he's out. Uh, Goga Batadze is questionable for this one, uh, and he's been questionable for every game, but he keeps playing. So I, I guess if we're just going to consider him in and Brogdon out, there's that. Also, TJ McConnell's questionable. Hasn't played since uh, December 1st with that wrist, but here's, here's McConnell. What happens if McConnell actually plays today? I think it just makes this team almost completely it's a wrist injury. I know he hasn't played in a while, but if McConnell comes in and plays like 25 minutes, I guess you could just have one of these other, you know, lesser tier guys in the rotation, just not get minutes at all. But I don't know. Does it throw a wrench into the works or do we just not like Indy? I mean, it would be pretty bizarre. I think if McConnell plays, but he is questionable. Like you said, but why um, even rule him questionable at this point? Like, why I, not? Just I don't know. The same reason they're making Brogdon questionable every day, even though he's probably already in the Bahamas or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this team's pretty tough on a slate of this size. Like, you can certainly get to somebody healed at 6,600, given he's playing a ton of minutes. Terry Taylor at 4,400, 
looks fine. Uh, if Goga were to miss, he would obviously look better. But like, and if Goga misses, $5,300 Jalen Smith looks okay as well. Uh, Jalen Smith's playing time has been down a bit recently with Goga in though. Like we had seen Smith um, getting around, you know, 30, 28 to 30 minutes for a while, kind of regardless of who was in. Now, even last game where Goga played eight minutes and didn't play at all in the second half, Jalen Smith still only got to 21 minutes. Isaiah Jackson only played 23. You had Terry Taylor start and play 33. So uh, it was still just kind of an unappealing rotation overall um, from Indiana. Brissett being back obviously cut into their playing time a little bit. So I don't think there's really priorities here. I think that getting to a little bit of healed, a little bit of Taylor, is fine uh, if Brissett, or if Batadze is out, then maybe a little bit of Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson as well, but just nothing that really looks that great to me. Okay. Let's talk about Cleveland and Orlando then. Uh, you have Cleveland without Mobley, and Jared Allen is out, right? I thought, I thought he was confirmed out in the, on the injury report. Let me see. Yeah, the, this morning's injury report has him out. So just making sure there. Obviously, he, he hasn't been playing. But they come into Orlando as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. It's pretty much par for the course at this point with them. And, and we'll, get to Cle we'll get to Orlando in a second. They actually have a few interesting spots with, with a bunch of questionable guys. But uh, is Moses Brown at a point where we still get there? And are, are any of these guys priced at a point on a 12-game slate against Orlando where we want to target them? I mean, it's a good matchup. Um, prices certainly have adjusted a bit. $5,700 for, for – or sorry, $4,800 for Moses Brown I think still looks pretty good. Uh, his playing time has just been better than, than I expected. Like even in that – game where he played 26 minutes i think it was like his first start um it was garbage run at the end so i kind of thought that you were just get like 20 to 22 minutes from brown and then you know different lineups to close but he's legitimately been playing a lot of minutes i'm in the game against the knicks you got 30 minutes and that didn't include run down the stretch of an, an 18 point game um he's a good point per minute guy you know over a fantasy point per minute so i think 4800 still looks good for brown on DraftKings, you also just got a decreasing salary on Laurie Markkinen, the 5,500. That makes him, I think, look pretty reasonable, expecting him to play 34 to 35 minutes. Garland and Levert, um, Garland's price came down a little bit. I think these guys all just look pretty good. Like Moses Brown, I think, looks the best. Markkinen second. But this is the first time in a while where I felt like you can get to Garland a little bit. Uh, Levert at 7K, I think, is still reasonable as well. What about with Orlando, where you've got Wendell Carter Jr. out, and then you've got a bunch of questionable players too. Suggs, Cole Anthony, uh, Franz Wagner is is also questionable. So I, I guess we can start with with Mo Wagner here, getting a lot of ownership right now, but he's played you know 18 and 27 and 29 minutes over his last two games. How many minutes do you give him today? For for Mo Wagner. I think it's tough because there has been some garbage time in those games, but also um, you get Orlando just, you know, also not really carrying down the stretch. So like down right. the stretch of games, so he can find more minutes that way as well. Um, in that last game, he played most of all of the fourth quarter, got him up to 28 minutes. He had played about 11 minutes in the first half. So I think it's just kind of a situation where you're talking about like 11 or 22 to like, 28 minutes for Wagner at 4,200. That volatility, I think is pretty nice on a slate of this size. You're not going to prioritize him because there's just going to be other guys that look better, but in tournaments, you should be able to get him at low ownership and certainly with a high ceiling. 
I would now at, at this point, it's hard to even speculate, but I do think this is one of these teams where we have to keep an eye on uh, who's in and out, right? If Suggs ends up remaining out, he's been out for a while. If Cole Anthony's out, if Franz Wagner's out, I mean, that's 80% of your normal starting lineup. Right. So then you have to look at Orlando to value for value, even if you don't want to. But my question would then be like, does Markel Fultz, is there any point of giving Markel Fultz additional minutes? I think at his price point, he would still be more than reasonable with Anthony out, obviously. But I don't think you can just project him for starter minutes. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, last game, Anthony got hurt two minutes and 38 seconds into the game. You still got 22 minutes from Markel Fultz. Mm -hmm. I just don't expect them to be ramping him up for absolutely no reason. I think he just kind of lives where he's at right now, um, which again, on some slates would be somewhat appealing, not on this one. I don't think you're probably just looking at, um, you know, more Devin. Kennedy. It's kind of difficult to say right now because you also have Suggs questionable. You also have Franz Wagner questionable, but like if Anthony is out and Suggs Wagner are in, you're looking at more usage for those guys. If all three are out, then this team just becomes an absolute dumpster fire that we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, just a lot of moving pieces right now. Right, like they probably didn't Kennedy start the second half? Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he, he did. He ended up playing 30 minutes and started the second half. Yeah. But like Terrence Ross got to 24 minutes in that game. Uh, you had Chumo Kiki only play 20 minutes despite starting. So like that's somebody that could potentially play more. Basically, he just didn't play any minutes alongside Mo Wagner. If this team gets more shorthanded, though, you could certainly see Wagner playing minutes alongside Okiki and, you know, Okiki getting more run as well. Dude, I'd take 24 minutes from Ross at minimum salary over over 30 minutes from any of the other minimum salary guys, probably just because he chucks. But yeah, but does he like he well, does? It, but I'm that, not. That is a, that is a fair point. Yeah, it, it is definitely different than it was before in terms of usage. But if you're out, if you're without like Wagner, if you're without Cole Anthony and Suggs, his usage still has to come up, but yeah, you're right. You he's, he's, he's not, no, 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 listen, you're right. He, he's not the same type of guy that in 24 minutes could, would take like 18 shots. Some nights you're right. Yeah. I mean, he, for, for the season, he's at 19 and a half percent usage. If you take off Suggs and Anthony, he gets to 23.7%. Um, which is still good at minimum salary. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that by itself would be fine. Uh, taking off Wendell Carter jr. You get 23.8%. Um, we're probably going to start running out of minutes, but if you take off Franz Wagner, uh, Ross gets up to still 23 and a half percent. So uh, yeah, to your point, like if guys get ruled out, you can expect Ross to, you know, to get around, you know, 23, 24% usage. Uh, it's just like, if, if Anthony is in, even if you tell me Ross is playing 24 minutes, I'm not going to be super excited. All right. So Houston and Brooklyn. 17 point spread, man. 17 points. 244 total. Obviously, with, with Houston, you've got uh, Christian Wood out for the year, Schroeder out, Dennis, Eric Gordon, all of those guys out. So we have a pretty good idea of what we're getting here. And Shingoon's coming off a 33 minute game where volume, shot volume wasn't high, but this guy can produce kind of across the board, which is the type of player we're looking for. That in mind, though, or with that said, you're getting these guys priced now to a point again, and, and this is just going to be a reoccurring theme where with all of these guys being ruled out for the season a week ago, now all of these guys are going to start seeing their prices mirror that or reflect that. So like Kevin Porter's above, he's 8,300 now. Jalen Green's been balling. Dude's just ripping off seven threes per game. 
but he's up almost 7,500. And then Shingun's at 6,700. So while I think it's a great atmosphere, a high-scoring, fast-paced game with a 244 total and Christian Wood and all these other guys out, it's really hard to, to justify paying a premium for any of these guys right now. Yeah, especially on a slate of this size where you're just going to have teams that are more mispriced because of, of more recent news. It's not to say you can't get to them in tournaments. Like looking at the boom bust tool on DraftKings right now, um, only 8% ownership coming into Shangun, about a 5.5% chance of being optimal. 4% ownership on Porter with about a 3% chance of being optimal. Uh, Josh Christopher, around 5 to 6% in both categories. Garrison Matthews, around 9% in both categories. It's certainly a team you can look to and say, all right, well, they're not getting much ownership. There's still a path to success for these guys. But yeah, like prices have come up. And one thing I mentioned previously as well, with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, in particular, is that I think there's a tendency to view him as a lot better whenever Christian Wood doesn't play. But to me, Shangun makes a huge difference there because when Wood and Shangun aren't playing, you're replacing that usage with guys like Garuba and Bruno Fernando that are just basically non-factors offensively. If you're just replacing Christian Wood's minutes with Shangun's minutes, that's not any sort of real bump to Kevin Porter Jr. because you're still talking about a 23.5% usage guy that can also uh, fac facilitate a bit. You're just kind of looking at the same situation. So um, with Shangun back in, I don't really think the price tag or the price increase on Porter is all that justified. The big thing with Porter lately is obviously he's scoring a lot, but uh, his assist rate has, be, has been through the roof. Yeah. Or, or I don't even know if it's his assist rate. I'd have to look. His, his raw assists are high because he's playing a ton of minutes too. But um, yeah, he's listen, he's producing excellent numbers. He really is. Like he's been fantastic. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to pay that much for him. God, he's been really good lately from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, the, I just don't think I don't know. I, I don't know. The the playing time increase for sure is is legitimate, but um I'm just not entirely sure that outside of the playing time increase that we really should expect his production to increase all that much because Shangun is basically Christian Wood from a rate standpoint. Yeah, no, sure. I'm not not taking that away from it. I'm just saying he's actually I was just looking at it now. And he's, he's better than I thought he had been lately, is what I'm saying. 1.44 DraftKings points per minute, over, per minute over his last five, which is nuts. A couple of those didn't have Shangun, though. Yeah, no, no. Again, I'm not discrediting it. I'm just saying I, I can see why he is priced where he is, not, even if he's not worth that with Shangun back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Brooklyn, uh, huge, huge favorites. 17-point home favorites. How do you approach Kevin Durant, who's almost 12K now? I think this spot's kind of tricky, and a lot's going to depend on ownership here because this is obviously a phenomenal matchup for Brooklyn. Um, there is, of course, blowout risk, but there's also blowout risk for Philadelphia, you know, for Embiid facing Indiana. So I don't think you should weigh that too heavily. But right now we have Kevin Durant projected for 6% ownership, 8% chance of being in the optimal lineup. If this game is competitive, if, if Houston hangs in this game, and let's not act like Brooklyn is some phenomenal team that it's impossible for Houston to hang, you're going to get 38 to 40 minutes from Kevin Durant. And he he's averaged around 1.4 DraftKings points per minute uh, in the games he's played with Kyrie and without Harden this year. But he's just so capable of taking over any given game as well. Like You're still talking about one of the best 
players in the NBA um, at 6% ownership facing the Houston Rockets. If that ownership stays that low, I'll be really interested. If it comes back up to a point where, you know, it's similar to Embiid or Jokic or, or those guys, then I'm going to start preferring them even given that, you know, they're center eligible, so a little bit more difficult to get to. But the way things look right now, I'm really interested in Durant. Okay. Byron says green. What did you say? And to a lesser extent, Kyrie, but really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Byron said green has four consecutive 30-point games. I think I'll have to play him tonight in the lineup or two. One thing I've been doing with green is I've been hitting the over on his three-point props lately and his points props. His scoring props at 23 and a half today, so it's it's a bit higher than it's been. But um, yeah, he's just been he's been crushing those daily. His usage is up, his minutes are through the roof. I don't know what it looks like in a blowout, but uh yeah, no, look, they they've been producing, whether you know, whether they're good or not. Do, do you have anything else you want to hit on for Brooklyn? Um so to kind of piggyback on the Jalen Green thing, um, I agree with you. I I almost feel like it's better to be going to like bets there than, than DraftKings Cause like he's up to 7,400. So like, can he beat that? Sure. But bets I'm still pretty hesitant. Yeah. I'm still pretty hesitant to think that he's going to be like one of the best plays in that price range. Whereas if you can just bet overs, then that makes more right. sense to me. And like um, an over under like a, a, a points prop is binary. He hits it or he doesn't like he could go for 25 points and two rebounds and be horrible at 7,400, but he still hits that prop, right? Like that's right. That's and, and like, he could have a good game even at 7,400. He can do well, but like he could still just end up being useless on a, on a 12 game slate. Right. Yeah, like exactly. that's, I, I remember, I don't remember who it was in chat, but somebody had like, there was, there was like Jordan Poole or something a couple weeks ago. They were like, Oh, you need to lock him. And we were kind of just like, yeah, whatever. He's like irrelevant. And then he scores like 42 points and they're like victory lapping the next day. And it was like, yeah, but he was the fifth best guy at his price tag, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's all relative. It's not just like in, in DFS, it's not, Oh, if they hit a number, you win. Like it is in, you know, right. points props. Exactly. So, and and um, betting's in betting's interesting because it doesn't matter if, if, if Jalen green has a, has a scoring pro- a points prop of 23 and a half. It doesn't matter if he hits 24 or 40. Like you don't get you don't get more money if he hits 40. You don't get less if he hits 24. Right. Um as far as the rest of, of Brooklyn goes, not a ton that stands out. Um I mean if you end up with some Drummond, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, those are all fine. You know, again, it's it should just be a very, very appealing uh game for from a fantasy standpoint. But I don't think any of them really look like priorities, um, but none of them are really getting ownership either. Bruce Brown leads the way at 12%. Uh, Claxton's coming in at 9%. Beyond that, there's just like nobody getting ownership here. All right, let's keep it moving then. Who's up next? Charlotte, Miami. Charlotte Hornets, five and a half point dogs against the Miami Heat. Uh, I just can't, I can't fathom getting a lot of anyone from Charlotte today, not, not just because of their price points and because Gordon Hayward's also back now, not to say that he's going to, you know, be a, a massive factor here being sidelined for as long as he was played only 17 minutes last game, but the matchup sucks too for Charlotte. Yeah. yeah and it's just like a correctly priced team, you know, like obviously guys like LaMelo and Bridges and Rogier are capable of doing well, um, but they just don't stand out today. I think we should just talk about Miami then. Not, yeah, I agree. Not to say we're going to spend a ton of time here, but a bunch of questionable players. So, you know, who's questionable? PJ Tucker, Gabe Vincent, Caleb, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry's questionable too. So this could be a, a potential rest spot for him. I don't know. Um, 
it is this is a very good matchup for bigs, particularly Bam Adebayo sub 8K. Do you think this is a strong spot for him, even though Miami hasn't been a team we've been targeting frequently when they're fully healthy? Yeah, I think it's a good spot just given that it's a matchup against Charlotte. The price tag has come down a little bit. Uh, the only thing sort of working against him on DraftKings is that he is center only, and you have Embiid, you have Jokic, you have plenty of other guys that we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, I do think he's just a little bit underpriced for this spot. Same can be said about Butler at 8400 Lowry at 6 k if he plays. But in particular, I think uh, Bam at that price looks good. Anybody else for Miami? And again, for those of you guys wondering, we're not just trying to breeze through this, but certain games just aren't as appealing. And when you have 12 games, there's no point of spending a ton of time on, on certain spots. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for Miami. All right. So let's keep going then. Before we do, though, No House Advantage, shout out to No House Advantage. Jordan, throw it on the screen, baby. In case you guys haven't checked out No House Advantage yet, they're bringing you an entirely new and unique way to enjoy playing DFS, right? With player props. You might say that's not DFS. Well, here's how it works. You got a 100% peer-to-peer player prop format, levels the playing field. You have over 500 props offered, and the way it works is you're building lineups. So there's no salary cap, but you're taking props. No juice on the over or the under. You're just taking the over or the under on that number, right? If it hits... Over or under, you win in that lineup. But it's like, say, on DraftKings, where you have eight players in a lineup with a $50,000 salary cap. There's no salary cap here, but you put the ones that you're most confident in at the top of the lineup. They get the most points. Uh, similarly, the ones at the bottom get the fewest points, the ones you're least confident in. Big tournaments over there. There's multi or mass entry capability, big prize pools. Uh, and you can use all of the tools that we have over at awesomeo.com. They're free every single day of the week, 365 days a year. The No House Advantage projections, the optimal lineup tool. You can use Odd Shopper. You can use the player prop tool to compare it against the props they have over there. And those are static props at No House Advantage. They don't change. So you're going to find some real advantages, some significant edges, just taking the time to compare our projections, again, free, uh, against the props that they have over there and build your lineups out and win some money. You can go to nohouseadvantage.com. You can go to the App Store, Google Play Store, download the app, but make sure to use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, when you sign up, because everyone, all new users, when they sign up and deposit, get $25 deposit bonus their first time signing up onto the site. So check it out, nohouseadvantage.com, sponsor of the strategy show. Right. Uh, what, what, one thing to just I, I saw it in chat and I think it's worth mentioning. Um, somebody asked about Oladipo because he played like 28 minutes last game. Uh, PJ Tucker and Jimmy Butler and Gabe Vincent were out in that game. Um, typically, when they're healthy, Oladipo has been a DNP. So uh, and he's not exactly cheap. So you need multiple guys on Miami to be out. And right now, Jimmy Butler's not even on the injury report. So like maybe if you get Lowry, Martin, Tucker out, you could think about Oladipo but even then it's difficult on the slate given that he's not exactly cheap let's talk about Atlanta and Toronto here uh, the Atlanta Hawks what's the spread in this game four like four yeah, yeah four point dogs 226 and a half total so Atlanta where are they in the standings just I'm just curious so Atlanta in the standings right now they're they're eight right they're also yeah. one game up on the Nets, one game up on the Hornets, who are seven and three over their last 10. So uh, once again, play-in game, 
there's no way that the Hawks aren't getting into a playoff game or a play-in game, but it is possible that they drop to the nine or 10 seed. I guess there would be some incentive to try and hang around in that eight seed, right, Adam, to get that potential uh, lock up the potential seven seed instead of the eighth. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being seven or eight is huge compared to nine or 10. So let's talk about them. Then you got Atlanta on the road. I, I think it's an important game. I just don't know exactly where we're headed here. Uh, like Trey Young at that price point, I think it's justifiable, but among all of the high-priced options on this slate, and there's a ton of them, even with DeJounte Murray and Morant and all these guys out, there's still a lot of really good top-tier options. It's going to be tough to get to anybody here. Yeah, like it's it's just another team where – you know, I expect Trey Young to play a lot of minutes. He's around the one and a half fantasy point per minute guy without John Collins. Um, all of that looks good. If Bogdanovich is out, then Young looks a little bit better. But he's still just he at this point he's priced for John Collins to be out. You're not getting you know a ninety five hundred dollar or ninety eight hundred dollar Trey Young anymore. Um, so it's just difficult to prioritize him. Use him here and there in tournaments. He certainly can go for sixty plus, but just you know his price is adjusted. Uh, there's still, and, and I, I, I guess it's worth pointing out too, that Danilo Gallinari, Danilo, Danilo Gallinari and, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich are still questionable. Right. So yeah, I, I have no idea if they play. My assumption is they do, but maybe that changes some things. I can't imagine it would even change that much. Would it, um, if Bogdanovich is, I mean, it opens up minutes for guys, obviously. Like if they're if both just out, one and not both are out, I meant. Sorry. Oh right, yeah. Um, like if Bogdanovich is out, you're getting more more production for Young. If Gallo's out, it really doesn't matter for him. Um, Luau Cabarro once again, or wait, yeah, Luau Cabarro started the last game. Uh, he played 22 minutes. Gallo played 25 off the bench. Like you would probably get a few more minutes from TLC if Gallo's out, but that's not a, a huge deal anyway. Um. So, yeah, if only one is out, I don't expect it to matter too much. Um, also, for what it's worth, we just got Seth Curry ruled out for the Nets. Yeah. Do, does that do anything significant for you? Um, not really. I mean, it, it should open up more minutes for some combination of Patty Mills and Cam Thomas in a good matchup, but the issue is that Patty Mills is still absolutely awful. Um, Cam <laughs> Thomas is better from a fantasy standpoint but you also have to keep in mind that you have bruce brown back so like last game if you look at the minutes from last game you didn't have brown you didn't have curry and you didn't have Dragic. now you should just only not have Dragic and and uh curry so more minutes for mills probably more minutes for thomas but i don't think it really moves either of them into being a priority on the toronto bruce brown's minutes okay on the toronto side excuse me og ananobi is is questionable and we saw him scratch last game but it doesn't do anything in term. at least it doesn't do anything big in terms of like backup minutes. We saw tr- this last game. Okay. Against uh, Miami. You saw Trent play 43 minutes. You saw Siakam play 43 Van v- Van Vliet played 41. Ken Birch started, but played 13. Uh, Scotty Barnes played 35. And then you did see a, what you saw a nine man rotation, but it's like Achua gets 20, Boucher gets 22, Armani Brooks gets five, Thaddeus Young gets 18. Uh, All all of those guys at this point, I'm not really sure how you could make any sense of that. I know ownership is low on Toronto, but it is, and this is, I'm, I'm very curious to know where you're at here. 
it, it is a good matchup against a bad, uh, generally speaking, bad Atlanta defense. And if these guys are, are legitimately to close out the season under Nick Nurse, who swore to get them less minutes, playing 40, 42, 43 minutes for guys like Siakam and, and, and Trent and Van Vliet, that's a ton of minutes against a pretty bad defense. Yeah, um, I was confused what they're talking about in chat, but I figured it out. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those spots where I think that uh, Toronto is priced cheap enough where you'll get to them sort of across the board in some tournament lineups. Siakam here, Van Vliet there, a little bit of Ananobi, assuming he plays a little bit of Trent. But I don't think there's any one of them that really stands out as a top tier option relative to you know the other plays on the site uh, or, or the other options on on the slate. So. Um, yeah, like I, I like the spot for Toronto. I think that across the board, they're a little bit underpriced. They're just more so still secondary plays. And I think that's reflected too. Like nobody on this team right now is projected for more than 10% ownership on DraftKings. Right. Uh, Trent leading the way, followed by Siakam Van Vliet. Like you said, really low ownership projection on Ananobi right now since he's questionable. But at, all of those guys just look like relatively low probability plays who are probably a little bit underpriced. If OG Ananobi plays... I don't know. I feel like at, at this point, it's really tough to say, but it, it's a shame. You, you, it's a shame. We can't get to these guys with any frequency when they're playing this many minutes, but I, yeah, I, guess the, you're right. I mean, the thing is they've been playing this. Well, I mean, not necessarily 40 plus, but like they've but been yeah, playing a ton of minutes all season long. For so sure. it's not like, it's not like you're looking at a team. You will get some teams down the stretch. And I think we've already started to see it to some extent where, for a lot of, you know, they're priced to play 35, 36 minutes, and now you can actually expect 38 to 40. With Toronto, they're priced to play 38 already. No doubt. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just, it is nuts that, I mean, I would not be shocked in some of these games if you see Siakam playing like 45 minutes. Right. All right, let's go to Milwaukee and Chicago then. We have free content on the site too. Some good stuff today. NBA player projections, PGA golfer projections. Uh, NHL ownership projections, all of that stuff, totally free. You don't need an account. Uh, but if you want to sign up, you want to get in on the action, awesome.com slash join. Check it out, man. You could do essentially however you want to do it. I, I will say this too. If, like you're looking to get in on a cheaper one, like the express pass for NBA. Uh, all of our showdown tools are included in that as well. And you're going to have a ton of showdown stuff coming up. A uh, big showdown contest coming up with the playoffs beginning. Uh, but yeah, if you want to do one sport, all sports, whatever, golf, football, basketball, baseball coming out, uh, coming back this week, uh, PGA, MMA, East, whatever it is, we got it all. They have contests out there. We got content for it. Uh, we have tools for all of them, all of the tools, not just like projections or ownership, but the boom bust, the top stack, the top pitchers tool, the lineup builder, uh, ownership projections, player projections, you name it awesome.com slash join you want to get in on that as well uh you can do any whatever your whatever your budget is whatever your style of play how serious you are we got something for all of you uh milwaukee Giannis antetokounmpo is probable that's essentially the only news that, that's pending here and the assumption is that he's going to play so uh is he the only viable player from milwaukee tonight Pretty close, yeah. I mean, the, the next highest guy in terms of ownership projection right now on DraftKings is uh, Middleton at 1.6%. We have Giannis at 12.7%. I think Giannis looks good. I mean, assuming that Milwaukee's going to 
play to win games down the stretch. And assuming this game's relatively competitive because it's a five-point spread, you can expect 35 minutes or so from Giannis. He's one of the best point-per-minute guys in the league. And the thing that's really nice with Giannis is that so far, every pay-up guy we've talked about and, and been interested in, with the exception of Durant, has been a center or a guard. It's always nice when you can get... Uh, you'll pay up options at the Ford spots because typically the value at those positions just isn't as strong as it is at guard and as it is at center. So the opportunity cost is a little bit lower. You can just kind of build better lineups around that. So uh, definitely really interested in Giannis at this price. Beyond that, very difficult to get to an $8,800 holiday or $8,500 Middleton. And, and I'm just going to throw this over to you because I've got some interesting games coming up. I want to take some time on them. What about Chicago? Kind of the same thing Chicago's been for a while. Um, individually, I think Vooch stands out at 7,700. The thing you have to keep in mind, though, is that it is you know a higher opportunity cost position. So, for example, we've already talked about Bam being a little bit underpriced at 7,900. I think Vooch is similarly underpriced at 7,700. The Rosen and Levine both look fine as well. I think they're more close. They're closer to correct than Vooch is, but all three of those guys are are certainly playable. Um, Patrick Williams' salary has come up to 3,800. He's likely to you know give you upper 20s in minutes again. Should be around a 0.7 fantasy point per minute guy. Uh, he's the kind of guy that I would be a lot more interested in if this slate had like five games instead of 12. Washington headed over to uh, where are they going? Minnesota. 234 and a half total. Washington, 12 point dogs. Kyle Kuzma remains out. Uh, let's let's start with this first of all. I, there's there's gonna be, unless you disagree, and please let me know, there's going to be more value that opens up on this. It would be shocking if we don't get more news today. And I'm not just talking about the guys that are questionable. Like it's not even 11 in the morning yet. There's gonna be some stuff that comes out where you go, oh, okay, they're they're sitting everyone. Maybe not to that extent, but you know how this works on April 5th, Adam. So I, I don't know if Rui, uh, despite a matchup against the fastest paced team in the league uh, in the Minnesota Timberwolves, who's de defensively have actually played better lately, give them some credit. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Rui is going to be a guy that's pulling 12%, uh, 13% come lock, but maybe I'm wrong. He's so volatile. Yeah, I'm with you. Um a lot of these Washington guys are players that on a slate of this size, if they're getting no ownership, I don't mind mixing and matching them into some lineups just because there's certainly opportunities there. And like you said, they're playing a very fast paced Minnesota team, but if they are getting ownership, they're also volatile. You know, Rui, like you said, um, could get 30 minutes and play really well and be a good play at 4,800. He also could play like 24 minutes suck and give up some minutes to, you know, Anthony Gill or, or somebody. So uh, there, there's a lot of volatility there. I think that, he looks like a decent value, but uh, if he is getting ownership, you can find similar guys. And also, there's just almost definitely going to be more that opens up throughout the day. Uh, similarly, you know, Denny Avdia at 5,300, Ish Smith at 4,100, Kispert at 42, uh, Sadoransky at 46. Like, these are all guys that if they play, you know, like they're – 75th percentile, 80th percentile game, they're going to beat their salaries. But they're also pretty much priced correctly for their, their median. So – just getting to them here and there in lineups makes some sense, but I don't think it's, I don't see myself really prioritizing any one guy. Um, and then the only payoff option on this team, Porzingis, not on the injury report. I kind of thought that they would shut him down after the Dallas game, let him play that game and then go in the tank mode. But um, so far that hasn't been the case. If he gets you 30 to 32 minutes, he certainly could have a big game here. Um, so I, I do kind of like him in tournaments, but again, just difficult to be saying he's something going to be jamming into a lot of lineups. 
when it comes to Minnesota, you're getting D'Angelo Russell, whose price has come down considerably lately. Uh, some of that just a reflection of his production, but uh, he's he's played far more significant minutes over his last two games, both of which were close, both of which were insanely high scoring as well. It's just, you know, from a shot volume standpoint, he's just been in this same channel where like he doesn't really have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of, um, there's not a lot of mobility when you, when you look at just his, his overall usage and everything, he's kind of just become like an okay mid-range player, but can we even project him for those type of minutes again today? Cause if so, I think 6,400 is reasonable. Uh, I just don't know what we can project him for in terms of playing time. Yeah. I mean, I expect 30 to 32 minutes from Russell. I do think that at 6,400, he's pretty underpriced. It is worth noting that Patrick Beverly is not on the injury report today. Um, he doesn't have an impact on Russell's usage, but it does when he's out, you do get a bump in assist percentage for D'Angelo Russell. So uh, Beverly expected back today, but at 6,400, just especially in a pretty favorable matchup against Washington, I think Russell is underpriced. Anthony Edwards more correctly priced, but certainly still has a high ceiling in the spot at 7,500. Um, Beverly and Vanderbilt, I think, are both secondary options. Carl Anthony Towns, though, is another center that I think looks really good here. $9,500 price tag, likely to give you 34 to 35 minutes if this game's competitive. And I just don't really know what answer Washington has for him. Not that any teams really have an answer for him, but um, should be a fast-paced game. Price tags come down a bit. I do like Towns quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and just to throw this out there, Timberwolves are – one and a half games between the behind the Jazz to sneak into that six seed there. So I don't know. Does that have something to do with 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 what type of minutes we're looking at today? I, I guess you would have to just say no. I mean, but, it should, but it should. And that's what I'm saying. Like Russell was playing at 30, 31, 32. He's played 35 and 37 over his last two games. Um, you know, Edwards 35 towns, 35 last time out. I think it should, they have what three games to go. They have three games to go. The jazz have four games to go. So anything's possible, man. It's definitely a spot where you should be looking to sneak into that six. And uh, I think you could potentially project these guys or at least Russell with the minutes he's played over the last two for a couple more minutes today. Yeah. Anything I mean, the only reason I wouldn't go like, too crazy on a minutes projection for Russell is just that like there are other factors like you know the game gets out of hand some percent oh for sure I'm not saying that. give him 36 or 35 right, right. but yeah like normally with Russell I go 30 31 today I'll probably be at like 32 or right exactly exactly what I was saying but that can make a difference at 6400 yeah for sure anybody else from Minnesota um no I think I kind of all the starters look fine I think Russell and Towns look like the top two all right uh Portland I, I just despise talking about this team now. I really do. It's, it's oh my it's, god, what a game! I hadn't, I didn't realize they were playing OKC. Yeah, didn't these? Wasn't this the? Yeah, this is the game that went to overtime uh, last yeah, week. With sixteen total players. With sixteen total players, uh, two hundred and sixty-five total points in that game. I, it's just, it's a fucking disaster, and the. I'm serious. When you look at a game like this, I understand that we see a lot of this stuff late in the season. And I won't say this is unprecedented, but this is definitely not even like this. This is the type of tanking that, that it takes it to an entirely different level. Uh, and then with OKC, I, 
OKC's okay, in dire straits too. Well, they're not. They just they don't want to play anymore. They choose to be. They choose. Yes, they choose to be. But that that's besides the point here. Uh, are we going to Greg Brown or Ellaby or Drew Eubanks, who give the man credit has has produced well with with the expanded opportunity here? Uh, but the price has come up a lot as well. Yeah. So the the big change that we've seen with Portland compared to a week or two weeks ago are two two changes. For one, the prices have at least somewhat adjusted as you would expect, but they do have more bodies now. So like last game, they ran a 10 man rotation. You had Reggie Perry, you have Didi Luzada back. So it's not to say nobody on Portland can do well here. You know, they still they have a one Oh nine total. They have a bunch of relatively cheap guys. They're playing OKC. Um, it wouldn't surprise anybody if $4,400 Greg Brown does well, or um, you get a random or, you, you know, you get a big game from Eubanks or something like that, but it's very, very difficult to prioritize anything from Portland on this slate just because of the combination of rising prices and increased bodies in the rotation, I think. So like Greg Brown, assuming he remains in the starting lineup, looks to me like the most appealing piece from Portland. Then I would say it's probably some combination of like Eubanks or Brandon Williams. Um, but this team just doesn't look nearly as appealing as it did, you know, last time they played OKC. Yeah, totally agree. And, and just look at the last two games. I know they've been blowouts, but nobody played 30 plus minutes against Brooklyn. Nobody got to 30 minutes. Uh, and then last game against the Spurs, which wasn't even a blowout until the until the end, uh, like midway through the fourth quarter. The only guys that got north of 30, Keon John or uh, Brandon Williams played 30 on the dot, basically, and Drew Eubanks played around 32. Th this is a rotation right now that looks horrible. So I, I think you explained that well. There's really no need to dive much deeper into that. What about on the other side, though, with, you know, almost an equally shorthanded, well, an equally shorthanded team in OKC, Pogoshevsky, Krejci, like, are, are these spots that we can still, I think Pogoshevsky is an obvious answer that we can get to, especially against Portland with these teams being so terrible, both of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the OKC side looks a little bit better than the Portland side. 6,700 for Pogoshevsky looks pretty nice. 6,800 for Roby still looks fine. Um Beyond that, it gets kind of tough. You know, like $7,300 Teo Maladon, I think, is another one of these. Yeah, he could score 50, but he's also pretty much correctly priced for what you would expect from him on a game-to-game -game basis. Krejci probably would be more useful if the slate were a little bit smaller. Uh, Jalen Horde's price tag has come up to 4300 So for the most part, this is another team where it's like, yeah, you get to them here and there. But I do think that Pogoshevsky and Roby um, in particular look like pretty useful pieces. WS said, I wish we had a breakdown for the teams that still got to play. I'm sure the projections will reflect that, though. Yeah, and also, we're, that's why I said, like, we're, we're going to talk about that. Some of these teams, if, if they need to play guys additional minutes or if they have incentive to, to move up or, or, or get out of the play-in games, you know, whatever, just we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. He also said, hit that like. Good call, WS. Hit that thumbs up. We got 500 people watching. If you forgot, it is okay. We forgive you. Just uh, make that quick correction. Only takes a second. And subscribe to the channel, too. All right, let's go to Memphis and Utah. So the Memphis Grizzlies are, they're, they're where they, they're, there's zero chance they're moving, right? They're five game, or seven games behind the Suns, and they're five and a half up on the Warriors. And now they're going into a spot against the Utah Jazz, who the, the Jazz, Adam, legitimately need to win this game. Like I said, they're only a game and a half ahead of Minnesota for that sixth spot in the West. Surprising a little bit, 
but this is where we stand right now. So Memphis, all of those guys are off the injury report from last game, but Dylan Brooks is now doubtful and John Morant obviously still out. Uh, but what does that do for them? Uh, another team that just sort of looks neutral across the board. You know, the, the, Morant's been out for long enough where price tags have come up. Tyus Jones is finally at the 6K price point that I think I said he would be correctly priced at like two weeks ago. It took a very long time to get there. Um, so he's just kind of neutral here. Desmond Bain certainly can see more usage without Dylan Brooks and, of course, without Morant. Same goes for Jackson, but they're both priced up. It's just a team where if one of these guys goes off and you're looking, you know, looking back at this slate tomorrow and it's like, oh, man, Desmond Bain destroyed 7,400 or Jackson destroyed 7,300, you wouldn't be shocked. But you're also not going into the slate saying like, oh, yeah, that's a super likely outcome where I'm going to build around it. So I don't know. It's another team that they have a lot of guys that look like not good, but not bad plays to me. Uh, Bain, Jackson, Jones, Adams, Melton, Clark, Anderson, like all of these guys are just sort of correctly priced, I think. By the way, this team, man, like they, they go into Phoenix without Bain, without Morant, without Steven Adams. Uh, who else were they without? Was Melton out too? I, I, a lot of these, I can't remember who else was out, but everybody was out. And they come in as seven and a half point dogs and they just beat them outright by eight. Like the without John, I still stand by. I don't think Memphis has the tools to to get to the finals or, or win the championship. But what an impressive team! Like no matter who's out, they just win games and cover. Yeah, they're they're good. They're they're one of those teams that I think is going to be hurt by the way that teams play in the playoffs. Because That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they're just so much deeper than other teams. But then in the playoffs, that doesn't matter because you're just playing. You know. 42 minutes of the other team's yeah, best players. Exactly. But credit to him. And yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. What's up? I said they're good. They just. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think they're. I, I think they are probably a year or two away from being like legitimately scary in the playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. You take nothing away from them, though. Like they're, you know, they're second in a tough Western conference. But still, if you looked at the odds for them to win the finals, they're probably like eighth or ninth best odds still, you know? Yeah. Despite having what the second best record in the entire NBA. Anyway, uh, Utah jazz. Let's, let's dive into the jazz a little bit here. Is there anyone that benefits from the fact that they really need to, to get this win tonight? Like, go ahead. I was going to say Memphis is eighth. Okay. That's, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Around eighth, despite the second best record in the league. That's checks out. Yeah, and as, as far as the question about Utah, I do think you have some pretty nice pricing here. Like you said, they certainly don't want to end up in the play-in game, so um, they have every incentive to play real minutes. Uh, it's also at home, and you know we've talked about it a lot before. Not that we expect this game to blow out anyway, but Quinn Snyder does typically give his guys pretty decent fourth quarter minutes outside of like the biggest blowouts. Um, so Donovan Mitchell at 8,600 I think looks good. No Dylan Brooks should be useful for him as well. I mean, uh, we make fun of Brooks for his shot selection, but he can be really annoying on the defensive end. Uh, so I don't think, not that one individual player is swaying my my stance on Donovan Mitchell, but it doesn't hurt. Um, so I think he looks good at 8,600. I think Rudy Gobert looks good at 8,100. He's another just underpriced center in that price range. Looks very similar to me to uh, Bam Adebayo and uh, Nikola Vucevic in that price range. After those two guys, I think there's a step back. Um, 
$6,200 Conley is, is, you know, certainly has a ceiling. Same can be said for a 5K Bogdanovich or $5,700 Clarkson. But I think Mitchell and Gobert are the priorities here. Trey Jones and the San Antonio Spurs without the DeJounte Murray. A lot of ownership coming in on this game. They're eight and a half point dogs against Denver. Nice, nice, uh, two thirty-four and a half total. I, you, you saw that. You see the ownership projection on Trey Jones right now, but it's really difficult to argue anything like that because each time you get him as a starter, you're pretty much locking in. And, and I, I should be careful with this, but you're pretty much locking in a big minutes and and a and a relatively productive game with solid peripherals across the board uh, on a slate right now that doesn't have a ton of value and him being at 4k in a high, like I, I don't, I don't see any way you'd really want to get away from Trey Jones right now before anything else happens, unless you're just trying to be insanely different, but if you could just get so much different elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's not like he's a bad point per minute guy either. He's not one of these, you know, random backups being thrown into the starting lineup and you're just like praying he does well. I don't know how his salary came down. I think he was like 4,300 last game and now he's 4k. Um, pricing. What One of the themes of the show so far has been that pricing is pretty tight. I don't know if that's, I don't know if DraftKings like made an effort because they have the 3k Millie today and they wanted to tighten things up or what, but we haven't seen a lot of, at least so far, you know, a lot of guys that stand out as uh, drastically underpriced, but Trey Jones is certainly one of them. Uh, you should be expecting him to play a lot of minutes here. He's a good point per minute guy, uh, just wildly underpriced and stands out as one of the top plays on the slate. Yeah. 0.95 with Murray and Derek white off the, off the floor this year, which if he's playing 34, 35 minutes, you can live with that. All, all of the numbers check out, like you were saying. What's his assist rate with them off? It's got to be, yeah, 31%. Not bad. What about the rest of San Antonio, though, with, like, you know, Keldon Johnson, who will have those games where he just rips off, like, seven threes. Lonnie Walker, who, if he's getting the minutes, is someone that's going to operate with pretty high usage. Any of those guys, maybe not stand out, but make for pretty good secondary options and tournament pieces. Yeah, I think there's a few of them because for one, like you're you're missing Murray, so obviously you have not only usage but rebounding um, assists, although those will mostly be picked up by Trey Jones uh, available. But also, San Antonio is a team that has something to play for. They are holding off the Lakers so far, mostly because of the Lakers uh, being horrible. But um, the, the, you, you shouldn't expect like um, Pop to play games with the minutes. I think that there's at least for me, like the first thing, it feels weird because it's like, oh, Murray is sitting. We're in April. Who knows what the Spurs are going to do with their minutes? But Murray's legitimately sick. They want to win this game. There's no reason to think if this game's competitive that you're not getting mid-30s from guys like Keldon yeah. Johnson, that you're not getting, you know, 32 minutes or so from Pirtle. So it makes both of those guys look like pretty solid secondary options in tournaments. You can say the same thing for Devin Vassell um, at 5,500. He's averaged 0.95 DraftKings points per minute in 455 minutes without Murray or White on the floor. Keldon Johnson's at 1.09. Um, so, yeah, I do think that, you know, while Trey Jones is the one that really stands out, getting to some Keldon Johnson, some Pirtle, some Vassell, um, any of those guys look pretty good as well. I don't think Lonnie Walker's crazy at 4K either. Like, yeah, maybe he only plays 24 minutes, but he he has a 27.5% usage rate without Murray and White this year, just taking White off the floor. I, I, it's it's unlikely that he's going to break the slate for you, but we have seen those type of games where, because mind you, Lonnie Murray, or Lonnie Walker, sorry, was out for, for an extended period of time there. Right. I can't remember how long he was out. Um, I thought it was a while. Maybe it wasn't. No, it was probably just a couple of games, but he returned 
yeah, he was out for like two weeks. He came back. His minutes have been have been down a bit. But don't you think if if Murray come or Walker got damn, it comes out and just starts ripping off shots like we've seen him do in the past that he might get additional minutes because we've seen Pop kind of provide him with that. Yeah, I was gonna say like the concern on on Walker is that. You have Josh Richardson playing real minutes. You have Primo essentially ahead of Walker, you know, starting now. But to your point, if Walker comes out and he's shooting well, there's no reason that Pop wouldn't give him more minutes, you know, assuming physically that he can play 27 instead of 24. I don't, I, I assume that's the case. But like if he's playing really well and he's shooting well, you do get some volatility there. And that's something that I know I've talked about before. I know Alex has talked about it where in tournaments, that type of volatility is really nice because um, if, he's playing poorly. Like if he plays 24 minutes and he's playing poorly, you don't really care because that lineup's going to suck anyway. Right. But knowing that if he's just knocking down shots left and right, he probably is going to get a few more minutes of that as well. Uh, it, it's certainly on a slate of this size, still difficult to get to or to build around, but there is quite a high ceiling, I think for, for Walker at 4k. How about Denver, Nikola Jokic? So I think it was Alan that mentioned earlier uh, that Jokic needs what is it like 72 points and 14 rebounds to be the first guy with this many points, rebounds and assists in a season, like 2000, 1500 or something. Yeah. Take that into account today, Adam. I mean, not today specifically, but well, it, it kind of doesn't matter for Denver anyway. Like everything's going to run through Jokic. They are the five seed, but it's not like they are locked in the seeding. So, you know, it's not a situation where you have to have the conversation like, is Mike Malone going to throw Jokic a few more minutes to make sure he gets there? He's going to play his normal minutes anyway. He's going to be the guy that the offense runs through. So it doesn't really change anything for me. Like Denver's going to do what they do. He's probably going to get there. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt, I guess, as far as incentives go. Uh, but it has nothing to do with why I think Jokic looks phenomenal here. Uh, just a good spot against San Antonio. We know that Jokic is one of the best point per minute guys. Uh, he is a little bit more expensive than Embiid. I certainly pay attention to ownership between the two if you're trying to decide where to go because I don't think there should be uh, I, I don't think there should be a big gap. Right now we have Jokic at 14% on DraftKings. We have Embiid at 12%. To me, that seems correct when you um, factor in that Embiid's a little bit less expensive, uh, probably projects a little bit lower. But uh, Jokic, obviously one of the best plays on the slate. Anybody else for Denver? Not really. Um, Barton, Highland, both, you know, if they land in a lineup here, there would be fine, but definitely guys that fall into that category of uh, if this were a five gamer, I'd have a lot more to say about them, but on a 12 gamer, they're kind of just there. Making sure there's no news here. All right. Got a couple games to go here. So another 10 uh, day for OKC. What's that? OKC added another 10 day contract. So um, all, all that I have to say there is just, keep an eye out for because they they had they had added somebody else earlier today too i don't remember the name um but just keep an eye out because if they add two guys to the rotation obviously this becomes a mess but i don't think it would have too much of an impact on pogashevsky or roby anyway how about them signing jalen horde the same day and then playing 40 minutes as a starter yeah that pissed me off because it was like they announced him in the starting lineup and I had already like gotten started on all of my stuff. So I was just like, yeah, it's Jalen Horde. I don't know. Like, I don't feel the need to redo everything for this guy. And then he just plays like a million minutes and wins the slate. 40 minutes. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's the thing though. There's no rhyme or reason to any of this shit anymore with teams like Portland or OKC at all. 
Like you can't predict yeah. that. You can't project how many minutes he's going to play because nothing means anything. All right. Hey, we're going to be doing some uh, beta testing on new tools. Uh, if you want to get in on that action and also just have access to a ton of awesome or uh, exclusive awesome discounts. And like I said, first crack at beta testing some of these new tools. We got some good from what I've seen. We got some awesome ones coming up. All you got to do is just join the awesome MVP text program. Sign up by texting MVP to I'm not reading this number, Jordan. Just throw it in chat. Throw it on the screen. Uh, so ever, I guess, you know what, for podcast form, I guess it's fair, right? One six, six, zero, six, five, six, four, four, one, seven. And you'll automatically be entered to win a year of awesome plus platinum on top of that. So check it out or just click the link in the description or the text, the number text MVP to it. But yeah, if you're looking to get some beta testing, um, if you're looking to do that for some of the new tools, when maybe win an awesome plus platinum, uh, account and get exclusive awesome discounts. That's the way to do it. Text MVP to that number. All right. Uh, where are we at? Pelicans, Pelicans. Yep. Pelicans, eight and a half point favorites against the Kings, 225 total. Right now, the only thing here is Jonas Valanciunas is questionable. So if he's out, we can discuss that. But you and I are going to be on the on the deeper dive tonight doing all this all over again. So uh, I don't really think we need to dive super deep into that. But from where it stands right now, what are you seeing in New Orleans? Obviously, really good matchup for these guys. They kind of look like the Bulls typically do, where CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, assuming he plays, all look good. They all look similar to each other. Um, they look similar to a lot of the other plays that we've liked. Uh, for example, I think 8,500 for, for Joe Val is pretty comparable to... 8,100 for Gobert or 7,900 for Bam. Um, probably prefer those guys a little bit more just because they're cheaper. But um, all, all three of those guys look good. And then assuming Joe Val's in, beyond them, I don't see much. You know, like if you get to a little bit of $3,400 Larry Nance, I think we do see his minutes ramp up a bit. Last game against the uh, against the Clippers, he played... 28 minutes granted some of that was or more of that was in the second half when Joval uh mostly wasn't playing but even in the first half you got about uh four you got like 11 minutes in the first half from Nance even if he gives you like 22 to 24 minutes at 3400 that's not a bad spot to be at um but in terms of priorities I think McCollum Ingram and Joval assuming he plays look the best by far Sacramento no Darren Fox I mean this team again looking looking to lose here Damian Jones has been sick, but I mean, you're not paying that price for him today. Uh, but like, the guy's been like, just putting up uh, outside of last game, which was which was disappointing. He dropped back to back, like back to back career high games from a fantasy standpoint. He hadn't, he's been in the league, dude, for like nine years. He's has never he come. Really? What's that? I didn't realize he'd been around. I didn't realize. He'd uh, been around okay, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I guarantee it's been at least like six. Hold on. One, two. Oh, you know what? No, I'm dumb. He, he, no, no, no. 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah. So he's been like six years, five, six years. You know what it was? I just like took a cursory glance at, cause I didn't think he'd been around that long either at basketball uh, reference, but he's, so I just saw the list of, of, of uh, teams, but I didn't realize that he was on like three teams last year. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, three teams last year, but 2016. Okay, so yeah, my fault. Anyway, by far, those were like the best games he's had as a pro. 
Uh, and he's definitely taken a ton of advantage of it. It's a good spot, but he is he is getting up there in price now. But credit to this guy. He's been balling recently. Yeah, like he's a fantasy point per minute guy. He's been getting a lot of minutes as well. Um, I don't know how much it would matter, but you you probably want to pay attention to Alex Len's status just as far as if he's even going to be there to, to back him up. He's been out the last couple of games. But even the game before that, I think Len barely played. So not entirely confident Len's even in the rotation. And so you've been getting 30-plus minutes from Damian Jones. He's playable, but like you said, the, the price tag's adjusted enough to where um, there's a lot of centers that I think look a little bit better. Sort of the same situation with like Davion Mitchell at 7,900 with Barnes at 6,200. Basically this whole team, you know, it's a spot where um, there's plenty of opportunities, but they've been without Sabonis and Fox for a while now. So you have Mitchell Price to play 38 minutes and average a fantasy point per minute. Uh, You have, you know, Barnes Price to play 34 minutes at around 0.9 fantasy points per minute. There's just not a lot that stands out to me from the Kings, even though there are a lot of opportunities to go around. Ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, God, that means talking about the Lakers. Yeah, Lakers, 11.5-point dogs in Phoenix, 231.5-point total. We mentioned it earlier, but they are, right now, what, two games out of the 10 seed? Yeah. (laughs) And facing the Suns in Phoenix. (laughs) What a disaster. But here we are, and we got to talk about it. The Lakers, huge dogs. Davis and LeBron both questionable to play. You have to assume they're in, right? Yeah. I mean, I think LeBron is like really, really, really hurt. Um, but like, and I'm even assuming- when he plays, he's hurt. You're saying like, you think he's playing hobbled? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know what to do with that for DFS at 11 2. I think that uh, I would just be getting to a lot of other guys anyway. But as far as just like guessing if he's in, like normally, like if this was like, if I thought this was like the bullshit, you know, oh, LeBron always questionable, then obviously he would play in this game. Right. But I think he's really injured, and it's just a matter of like, can he play? Um, but for now, well, I'm dude, he's, he's been in the league for what? How many years now has LeBron been in the league? I mean, he was drafted when I was in like eighth grade, so a lot. Yeah, and he's third in the entire league in minutes played per game this year. Right. I know he's missed games, but still, like, dude, play. he's playing 40 minutes a night right now. Yeah, to, uh, like I, I guess the thing, and it doesn't really even have to do with DFS. There's just been so many like, oh, LeBron's soft. He's not even out there playing in must wins. Like, I feel like we're going to get the news as soon as the season's over that LeBron's undergoing like surgery. It's very possible. But hey, no, remember when uh, everyone called us crazy for saying maybe there was something more to those those tweets? I don't know. What, what tweets? When he like did the angry face emojis and everyone's like, dude, it's just one game. He's fine. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And he's been missing a lot of games since then. I think yeah. different injuries, but I don't know. Dude, look, the body, as, as much of a cyborg as that dude is, you're not going to hold up forever. It's amazing that he has been able to play 40 minutes at this level for as long as he has. It really is. It's remarkable. Um, like, have we ever seen anything like it? Him playing, anybody playing this well at his age? Like, at this many minutes for this many years. Oh, I doubt it. I can't. Like people will mention Tom Brady, but Tom and it's just that's apples to oranges. And I give Tom Brady, you know, the world in terms of credit. But you know, Tom Brady is—they've done a pretty good job of protecting that dude. And I'm not saying that LeBron's some fragile guy that can't take contact. 
even though he will cry about it, he's he's held up exceptionally well. It's crazy. Is yeah, there anything we go ahead? No, I was just agreeing with you. Anything else for the Lakers, or do we want to wrap this up with Phoenix? Anthony Davis deserves a mention just because he is 9K. He played like 35 minutes last game. There's no real reason to think that he's limited here. If LeBron is out in particular, Davis starts to look really good, I think. Um, but even if LeBron's in, you can throw Davis into the mix of, of pretty strong center options. Uh, other than that, I don't really see much here. Uh, Davis also is questionable, though, so keep that in mind. I mean, to me, Davis is more of – I feel more confident Davis plays than LeBron plays. Okay. Which Anthony Marcus said t- to say. Uh- Anthony said, LOL, Brady is a quarterback with a laughing emoji. I know, but anytime you have this conversation, it's guaranteed that people will bring up Brady as a, you know, direct comparison, a direct comp to, to LeBron in terms of longevity. And it's just, that's why I said it doesn't make any sense. All right, uh, Phoenix, wrap this up, man. We got to get out of here. Uh, really, really good spot for the Suns. Uh, you have Booker back. Yeah, Booker back, not on the injury report. Nobody on the injury report that, that matters. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a team where there's certainly a high ceiling, but also I think pretty much correct pricing, sort of reminiscent of those Bulls teams that we talk about every day. Uh, Devin Booker, 9,300. Paul, 8,200. Aiton, 7,100. Very good spot for all of those guys. Not prioritizing them in, in the sense of um, getting to them and like, you know, getting to any one of them individually in a, a really high percentage of lineups. But at the same time, DeAndre Ayton's projected for 7% ownership. Booker and Paul are both at 4%. Certainly guys that you can use in a lineup that is otherwise chalky to still get a very high ceiling. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I it's, it's, it's always funny to me that people, just because you say something good, I am not a big fan of the LeBron James personality, but to the people like to, to act like, where, where is it? There it is. Miguel Jordan played these minutes all the time. Stop with the LeBron hype. Train. Jordan had retired twice by now. <laughs> yeah. LeBron's been in the league for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. This is 19th season. His 19th season. And he's averaging 37 minutes per game. I don't think it's inappropriate to say that that is pretty spectacular in terms of a, a feat when yeah. you're an NBA well, and player. Jo- was Jordan still retired at 37 or was he on the Wizards by that point? I don't remember. I don't know. I can tell you. So Jordan, Jordan was born in 63 and he joined the Wizards in 01. Yeah, he, so in, in Michael Jordan's age 37 season, he was in his third year of retirement. And then he played at 38 and 39 for Washington. Right. Yeah, and he... And, he and averaged, was not particularly good. Averaged 20 points per game with... Uh, I think his shooting was pretty bad, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. 42% effective field goal percentage at and 38. Then 45. And then 45 at 39. Yeah. But again, this will just be like assuming that Jordan – and look, dude, just the advancements from from like a medical standpoint or from from being able to to keep athletes in in the peak condition, I I don't think you can overlook that stuff from like now to back then. But it doesn't take away from LeBron either. 
Yeah, and now we're getting into the whole, like, for one, no, George, LeBron is not playing in a softer league. He's playing with a bunch of guys that are bigger, stronger, faster. But, like, there's also the, like, yeah, Jordan played more minutes per game. They were not They were standing around playing half-court offense the whole game. Like, they, they weren't – it wasn't the same fast-paced game. But then in Jordan's favor, you have the sports medicine stuff. Like, yeah, obviously LeBron's able to take care of his body better than Jordan was just because of advances in technology. So it's not, none of this is apples to apples. It's just – uh saying Jordan played this many minutes for just as long is insane considering that he was on year three of retirement for the second time. Right. He said, because he was good. What are you talking about? Dude, I'm a wizards fan. He was not good. LeBron's in his 19th season. He has a 59% effective field goal. rate. Jordan, it was a, Jordan was at 45 in his last, I'm not saying that's like the only indicator here. But yeah, yeah. When Jordan came back for the third time, he played like a dude that used to be really, really good at basketball, and then now is just old and like whatever. LeBron is still playing like one of the best players in the league at thirty-seven without Correct. taking a break. Correct. Now, granted, his team sucks. Sure, but he's still playing pretty well. All right. Anyway. Not bad. Not bad. Got in, got out. Dude, what are you talking The truth is you can't argue with someone who has a platform. Even if you're making good points, you lose. No, you guys started this argument. All if I you made said more was good it's points, a- maybe you'd have a platform. What? I said if they made more good points, maybe they'd have a platform. Maybe. All I said is it's impressive. That's the problem, dude. Like, oh, it's impressive. I can't. I don't think anyone's done this before. No, Michael Jordan. Michael right. Jordan. For once, I didn't even, like, I said nothing bad about Michael Jordan, and it still turned into a thing. Well, hey, it's been fun, guys. Hit that thumbs up. We'll see you back here tonight for the NBA Deeper Dive, Locks Before Lock, Live Before Lock, all of that good stuff. And, of course, you've got the PGA Strategy Show with Ben and Jeff coming up today for the Masters. That's at 1 p.m. You have the No House Advantage Strategy Show at 3.30. All of that fun stuff right here on the channel. Appreciate you. We'll see you back here soon. Peace.